The Digital Gumbo Podcast contains language that some may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. Well, now we're done with that shit. Let's start the show. For the victory lap, though. Whoa, whoa. They ain't never seen nothing like this before. Lit the room when I came through the front door. Ask me if I should suffer, come. What for? Train in the trees, please. What my sycamore? If you ever plan to motor west, travel my way. That's the highway. That's the best. Get your kicks on Route 66. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children. Ooh, I was rocking after that. Thank you, the, who, the children who are not supposed to be listening. This is episode 66 of the Digital Gumbo Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm here. I was with wondering where you was going with that. That was, that was kind of slick right there. Thank you. I appreciate you. Appreciate that. Digital Gumbo Podcast at the intersection. Podcast at the intersection of news, current events, race, culture, and politics. As always, and that intersection, by the way, is located next to the liquor store. With me, as always, my man who has the drink in hand, Idris Elbow Bro. What's up? What's good? What's up, Nook? It's your boy, Idris Elbow, with a little bit of ash on the elbow. And man, I'm so glad to be with you uh, this week. Um, I know you and T. Petty been hanging out and kicking it, and I missed y'all, but your boy was celebrating a birthday. A birthday. So another trip around the sun. So I'm giving a drink to myself <laughs> and just celebrating life. Congratulations, man. How was your birthday? It was good. It was just real relaxed. I spent time with the family. We did some fun stuff and then went out to dinner with the wifey. And, you know, we hadn't been out the house in a while just because, you know, the, the panorama is still happening. Um, but just getting out was was really good. And just more importantly, just celebrating another milestone, right? Like, you know, we think about what's happening in the world and you're fortunate to be above ground. So that's a blessing. That's what's up. That's what's up. Now, I will add that we were masked and vaxxed up and I was actually there. So, man, I was happy uh, to see you, man, seeing you in the month of Sundays, got to visit your new neighborhood and um well, we won't talk bad about your neighbors, but you know, they have been stealing Amazon packages over there, but we talked about that previously. Yeah, yeah, they, they, my neighbors is something else. Mm, mm, mm. Well, we just gonna go ahead and I'll leave it there. We'll, we'll go ahead and pray on it. You know your boy is good for prayer. So, you know, if you need to hit the, the prayer hotline, you call the Nookie Bishop Jr. prayer hotline. I'm a bishop, I know how to pray. Yeah, you, you, you officially a bishop, so. <laughs> That's right, that's right. So, I mean- A direct line. <laughs> All I'm saying is I'm on a certain level in communication with God. Some people got the hotline. Other people, they got to be on hold for a little bit. You know, all operators and angels is busy. So you know how that is. And you yeah, I, I, I try to call collect a lot. So he's sometimes <laughs> when I call collect, he's like, ah, oh, not today. <laughs> I hear that, man. I hear that, man. Well, listen, let's uh, talk about it uh, right off the bat, man. Uh, Colin Powell. Uh, passed away, man. Uh, Joint Chief of Staff Defense uh, uh, for the uh, Bush White House, man. He passed away, bro. And unexpectedly from uh, COVID-19, 
And where were you when you were heard about the news, man? Um, uh, my wife told me that morning and I was just like so shocked. And, you know, it's like, you know, with Colin Powell, now I didn't agree with all his politics and, you know, his approach to things, but I think I always respected him. Yeah. Right. Like he was always like just a stand up guy. I thought, you know, he 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 believed what he believed, but he also kind of shared that you kind of knew where he stood and just his accomplishment. And um, when I heard about his passing, I actually reached out to one of my good friends who uh, I just went to a military promotion ceremony for one of my good friends that moved um, from um, I think it was major to lieutenant colonel in the u.s army and during the uh, promotion ceremony they talked about his entire career and all he had accomplished and you know the ranking is i think major to lieutenant colonel then colonel and then you start the generals one star two star three star four star so colin powell was a four-star general and as a black man to achieve that is just amazing right Yeah. And then now he was um, uh, um, chief of the joint joint chief of staff. Yes. Uh, and he was uh, um, secretary of state. Right. Secretary so, and national yeah. security advisor. And, once and national security advisor. So just yes. accomplished and just excellence all around. And you have to kind of respect that. So I think that was one. And then the last thing I'll say, it, it was just so shocking that it, it kind of slapped you back. It's like, oh no, we still in a pandemic. Don't don't forget that. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it ain't over yet. It's still out there, and there was some sense of wanting to kind of go back. And this piece kind of jerked me back to reality. It's like, oh no, we're not in 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 the before times. I don't think it's ever coming back. So it, it yeah, that was that was a big shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught the the news that morning, and uh, again, my apologies uh, for. Uh, mistake that he was defense secretary. He was defense secretary to me because during Desert Storm, he got the most TV time and was on there. I know it was Storm and Norman Schwarzkopf and all those folks that was on there. But to me, um, you know, irrespective of his title, to me, he was my own personal um, secretary of defense. But that neither being here nor there, a great role model. Um, you know, he wrote a book and uh, it sounds very simple, but it's very complex. He said, if you ever receive disappointing news, receive it, sleep on it, and then the next day, just let it be gone. You can learn a lesson from it, but don't harbor on it. Just move on. But if you get bad news, get it and get over it and move on. So I thought that, that was some um, you know, real great relevant, advice. Yeah, some real uh, relevant information, man, and, and a tough loss. His wife is also suffering from complications from COVID-19, so... You know, again, uh, we'll continue to keep uh, an eye on that, but we want to say rest in peace to him. A great role model for not just uh, communities of color, um, but, you know, for for all communities, humanity uh, as well. And, um, you know, we hope uh, his wife uh, gets well soon. So it was also disclosed that he uh, had cancer as well, which was a complicating factor with the COVID-19. And for this to be so quiet, man, during this whole entire time, um, really, really, uh, just earth shaking to, uh, to get that news. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it was just shocking. And I've talked to several people about it. Right. So it's one of those things where, you know, folks, I don't care, like, you know, who you are or kind of what are your political beliefs? Like, you know, folks, it resonated with folks. 
Um, you know, the other thing too, and like, you know, I have to say this too, is, um, you know, I think this kind of speaks to, to part of the type of person he was, right? He was the one to make the case uh, to go to war, right? And was based on, you know, intelligence from the intelligence community. But he was so well respected that when he delivered our information, even though it turned out to be faulty and just false, right? Folks believed it, right? Because yeah. he was he was that credible. And, you know, he took a hit to his credibility for that. But like, that's the type of person he was that folks just trusted him um, in that way. Um, you know, so that that's something too, I think is, is kind of, you know, bittersweet, right? Like we went to war based on this false information that he, that he gave, but it was really, you know, his character, I think that, you know, and trustworthiness that, you know, people were looking at. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, listen, man, I got two sets of items and we just go mix it up, man. So we'll start with a, a rather a sad one, but we'll, we'll, mix in sort of some after party and regular podcast items, man. And we'll see how we go with this. You good with that? Let's go. All right, man, here we go. So uh, this is a new law. You, you know where Sri Lanka is, right? East, uh, East uh, Asia. I, I heard of Sri Lanka. <laughs> I believe, <laughs> now I believe. you let me point it to, to it on a globe. <laughs> I'll be spending that globe for a little while. <laughs> It's in the East Asia. I believe it's near the um, the the country of uh, India, but I'll have to. I believe it's in the Indian Ocean, but I'll have to double check. I don't have a globe in front of me. But I, I took geography twice in college. Okay, now, did the you first take one, it twice? I didn't, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do so okay. well. I, you know, right. you can retake the course. Yeah, I had yeah. to do it two times, and I I I made it the second time, but it was okay. you know I barely made it. So all right, all right, just, I can dig just it. for reference. Gotcha. If this is going to be about geography, I just want you to know that. <laughs> okay, okay. Got I'm going to have to hit you with some uh, ge uh, geography quizzes later. But in any event, Sri Lanka, they have a new law in Sri Lanka. The law bans drunk driving while riding an elephant. Assess this. <laughs> okay. And, and I assume that it refers to if the elephant has been drinking, right? No, it's if the rider has been drinking. <laughs> yeah, right. This is, okay, this is so weird because, like, technically, you know, there's a saying when you get drunk, you see pink elephants. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's all kind of like, um, this is so interesting. So, one, it assumes that lots of people are riding elephants in Sri Lanka, right? And yeah. that it's an issue that people are getting drunk and riding the elephants. Yeah. And so yes. I'm wondering, is this law designed to protect the person riding the elephant or everybody and everything around the drunk person that's riding the, uh, the elephant? So that's... <laughs> so this is weird, that's, right? That's weird. Like, yes. Like this, obviously, that you have to make had, that a law exactly. It had to be a problem in Sri Lanka. There was like, you know, people's getting drunk and then they ride elephants or whatever, which might be their, you know, uh, individual's main, you know, sort of source of transportation. I, hey, I would like to take an elephant to work. I bet you people get the hell out your way, but yeah, but it's, it's got to be expensive to take an elephant to work because I'm thinking about gas for a car is expensive, but you got to feed and take care of an elephant. 
I, uh, little you know, maybe some peanuts, you know. That's all you need. Like, I guess, I guess you paid them in peanuts and hey, so maybe yeah. it's cheaper than like a vehicle. Yeah, I mean, you know, they got their own tire, so to speak. And then uh, you just, you know, hose them off when you get to work or you get the little uh, holes out back and give them some water. And, you know, they sit down and chill out. And then uh, you just ride your elephant. You know what? That's a great excuse. You're going to be about like, uh, yeah, I got a problem. I got a transportation problem. Today. Like your <laughs> yeah. car broke down. I'm like, no, my elephant is out back and it's about to come and like crash through the wall like Kool-Aid, man. So can I go home? Because... I got some transportation problems today. Sure, sure. Yeah, or you home. could just say like, yeah, you could like take extra breaks. Like I'm going out to check on my elephant and ain't nobody exactly. going to question it because you need to be checking on your elephant. <laughs> you can't leave your elephant unattended all day. Unbelievable, man. I'm, yeah, man. So people have been getting drunk apparently in Sri Lanka and they had to, they had to pass a law, man. So um, yeah, no drunk elephant riding in Sri Lanka. So when you and your wife and take your exotic vacation over to Sri Lanka, remember there will be no elephant riding while you have a drink. I wonder, like, are they riding the elephant bareback, or are they, do they yeah, put a saddle like on the elephant? No, or like, no. I wonder, like, like you know, it ain't no saddle big enough for an elephant. So, like, I bet you, like, an elephant. I bet you it's comfortable. I mean, I never rode a horse before. Have you ever rode a horse? I have ridden a horse, but with the saddle, I've never ridden a horse bareback. Okay, okay. I never rode a horse. Like, uh, just horses, that's not my thing. The horsepower I get is under the hood. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm not all about riding horses. Now, that shit looks, like, romantic, but I'm just like, eh. You know, yeah, not- yeah, you you can get like there's like you can get sore from riding like that because you like bumping up and, and r- around. And if you fall off, that horses are pretty high. It's pretty yeah. dangerous to fall off a horse. And, you know, so it's it's, it's kind of dangerous, too. Like horses are wonderful, you know, gentle animals, but you can't get hurt if you don't know what you're doing. I, I went horseback ride with my um, wife in uh, Kentucky. Right. Okay. Uh, it's the Kentucky Horse Park down in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. And so you can go there and you can go horseback riding. And we we went there and did a little romantic thing. And it was really nice. But they they was like they, we took it slow and they kind of, you know, they're right there with you. So you, you, it wasn't like you I was running up and down the field, like jumping over fences. It's like it's a nice, slow, easy trot. Cause you don't want to be messing around with no horse or, or elephant. I can't, I can't even imagine an elephant. If a horse is that, you know, you have to be that careful with the horse. I can only imagine an elephant. Man, that's crazy. Didn't uh Christopher Reeve Superman, didn't he die while riding a horse? He fell off a horse and died. No, that's, that's how he got paralyzed. Remember like Superman paralyzed, was paralyzed. Right. Yeah. He got paralyzed. Yeah. Christopher Reeve got paralyzed through a, a horse riding accident. So yeah, yeah. It, it can be dangerous. Wow. All right, man, this hospital in Colorado, they are telling people that if they are not vaccinated, they will not perform transplants. So it's a pretty serious situation to need a transplant, but apparently it's also, according to this Colorado hospital, a very serious thing to get vaccinated. So say that you're on the fence about getting the vaccine, but you need that transplant. What you going to do? Yeah, you you got to get that 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 um that vaccine because like I don't know a whole lot about transplants and how you're gonna list, but I know there's like some type of scoring system that looks at you and your risk level and tries to identify if we give you this organ, 
like the benefit that it gives to you versus if we could give it to another person, right? Yeah. So they're yeah. probably weighing the risk of that. It's like, we're going to give you a new organ, but you don't ha- even have the, the COVID vaccine. Like that makes your risk higher of like, you get this organ and it, you know, something happens. So you're trying to reduce that risk as much as possible. So you better get that vaccine if you want to get an organ. So I, I can see, I can see them, you know, outlining it that way because they have a whole lot of, I guess, factors that they calculate in who gets it and when they get it. Absolutely. Like uh, even the emergency room and operating room staff, man, they have to be uh, protected from you. I mean, it's a lot of breathing in, breathing out while they got you unconscious doing the transplant. That's one. You know, the other thing is, like you said, they got those factors. And I bet you you they might be pushing the unvaccinated people down to the bottom of the list. Meanwhile, they say, oh, Judy, uh, Sue and Bob got uh, got the got the shot. They got vaccinated. So we just going to push them up. It's like waiting for season tickets for your favorite uh, sports team, man. You better <laughs> go ahead and get that shot and, and get pushed up the season ticket on the list because they're going to just call right to the next person if it's a long list. No, you know, I wonder if like, can you vaccinate a liver? Like if you get the liver the vaccine when it's outside of a person and then you put it in a person, would they have immunity for COVID? Like would the liver take it and send it around to the rest of the body? Like what, like, I, I, I wonder so if you, you could do it with one organ. Yeah. So um, I don't think you can just like, you just can't like administer like a shot to like the, to one body part. Right. But here's an even deeper question. Is the person from which they're getting this organ, were they vaccinated or unvaccinated? Yeah. And would, right. and if it's a vital organ, would the, if it's on chill and that body part comes from a person that's already been vaccinated, would the vaccine go through that person's body depending on how long ago they got the shot? Yeah, like imagine like a heart transplant, right? You get a heart transplant and somebody's had the vaccine. I guess I guess vaccines go through your blood and circulate around. Yeah. Like I have no science on this, so I, I yeah. do not know how they work. Yeah. But the heart pumps the blood around the body. I know that much. Yeah. And I wonder if there's some like residual COVID vaccine in the heart that if you put in a new heart it'll just kind of circulate it around to the Man, system we need about four hundred thousand dollars to research this and then just write a big ass long yes. paper, <laughs> like for like the new england journal of medicine <laughs> and then like at the end be like yes parse kind of and then just leave it like that and they'll be like authors of the article uh bishop and elbow Say maybe that'd be some maybe it's kind of yeah, yeah. it'll kind of work. And just we just like shake up a magic eight ball, ask the magic eight ball question. Like <laughs> the answer is unclear. <laughs> Man, this Alaska state senator, um, she was barred from flying on Alaska Airlines because um, you know, she wasn't wearing her mask, and now she has come down with the Rona. Well, is this at all surprising, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna refuse to wear masks in an enclosed, very, very public space. I'm not, I don't mean like it's it's not like okay, I'm gonna go to um, you know, my friend's house and I don't wanna get, put my mask on, right? Like you going to an airport yeah. where 
thousands and thousands of people from all over traverse that. And then you get on a plane that's a closed environment with folks from who knows where and where they've been traveling and where they're connected. So it's, it's, it's no surprise if you refuse to wear a mask on a plane that it's a high likelihood you probably would catch COVID. This is not smart, bro. So you know how Alaska is all like wild and stuff and you know, like the nearest hospital might be 500 miles, right? So they were saying that they had to get people on snowmobiles to go around to like individual people's houses to get on the vaccine. So you probably got a more than one in two chance that somebody that you might encounter in Alaska is unvaccinated. Now, why would you get on a plane with no mask? First, you got kicked off. And now, you know, you're exposing yourself to the Rona, man. That's not smart. Yeah. And, you know, I know, like, okay, if you if you're in Alaska and you're living like that, right, like, you know, you are like super independent and you're you're probably super like, you know, I do what I want to do is freedom. I can you know, I can conquer like the environment because you got to be able to do that just to live and survive in certain parts of, of Alaska. Yeah. Um, and so I understand the sentiment behind it. Right. But when you leave Alaska, right, like I can see you being in Alaska, say I'm not getting vaccinated. If your closest neighbor is like 100 miles away and you're not interacting with people and you're only bumping into people like once in a blue moon, that's a very small subset of folks. I can kind of understand you saying like, oh, you know, I don't need the vaccine. But when you start traveling on airplanes, if you don't get the vaccine, you got to at least put on masks because you're going from interacting maybe with like, you know, 10 people max to like tens of thousands in a very short period of time. So it it doesn't make any sense not to mask up. But I I can almost understand not, you know, if you don't want to be vaccinated, you feel like it's, you know, you're not at high risk because of how you live and it's separated. I can kind of understand that. It's still a risk, Mm. but maybe less than the average person who's living in an urban environment. But you got to mask up when you go into an airport. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just uh, not smart. Not smart. Okay, now you know I've been known to raid your son's snack basket, right? My favorite is them uh, Intamin's uh, little bites party. Yeah, them little bites. He, yeah, he about to have. Yeah, y'all about to go home to blows on on them little bites. Man, you, you gotta hide them. <laughs> them is, it's just like a small piece of cake in a muffin just for you. It's like it'll make your day. It's yeah, like it's like bite sized muffins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with like the little sprinkles in it, like the funfetti cake. And if you got a glass yep. of milk. That is like heaven on earth. We can create heaven on earth and things. You know what I'm saying? Like we got to enjoy while we can. But yeah, that's a a little slice of heaven right there. Okay. So do your kids eat Nutella? You know, they don't do Nutella because they have the nut allergies that run. Like I don't have the nut allergy. I'm fine. I grew up on nuts and love nuts, but my kids have nut allergies. So I don't know how that happened, but we don't, we don't. Going food with Nutella, but I, I remember in college, it was a big thing. Like Nutella would be in 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 the cafeteria area, and you have college students stealing the Nutella uh, from the from the cafeteria area. They would have to put it up. Wow! Wow! All right, they released what actually is you know like what the parts of nutella is you're going to be shocked as wait to what, stop what's in this stop nutella should be just chocolate and hazelnuts right that should no. be it no no no. that's no. all nutella should be now no it's chocolate more, and hazelnuts no there's more ingredients than that okay so i'm gonna break it down by percentages roughly based upon this picture that i see 
40% sugar, straight table sugar, white sugar. Okay, that's 40%. So just 40% 40 is just that granulated sugar that's like been mashed up together. Sugar, that's right, 40% sugar. 30% palm oil. I don't know what palm oil tastes like, but I'll tell you this. I hate the way that movie theater butter smells. I think that's a combination of uh, wait, coconut so, oil and palm oil. Yeah. So you up to like, oh wait, 40%, 40% sugar. sugar and 30% palm oil. That's 70% of it right there. Correct. No two ingredients. It's just yeah. oil and sugar. Okay. Correct. 10% skim milk powder. <laughs> you got me with the, with the powder, powdered yeah. milk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't real milk, right. it's powdered milk. That's right. Dehydrated milk. milk. Correct. Another 10% cocoa. Okay, I can get with 10% cocoa, but so it's it's not really chocolate, right? I tell you, cocoa is chocolate, powdered yeah. chocolate, I powdered guess. Powdered chocolate, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I always thought like you would take it like a candy bar, melt it down, and like that was like 80% of Nutella. But yeah, you're yeah. telling me it's really like 10% cocoa powder. Right, and then the other 10% wow. is, is hazelnuts, like ground up hazelnuts. Wow, so it's only twenty percent chocolate and and nuts. Yes. And uh, and Nutella. That's that's probably yes, how they making their money. They like, cause I thought it would be all chocolate, like half chocolate and half hazelnuts. And yes. you telling me it's only ten percent chocolate and hazelnut combined? Yes. Yes. Wow. Palm oil, a lot they, of white sugar. They making a ton of money because Nutella is expensive compared yes. to like what is made out of. It ain't nothing but oil and sugar. And now you know with the shipping shortage, they about to raise the price because that ain't that imported or do they make that over here? I don't know. I thought uh Nutella was imported. I don't know, but like they, they probably got a super deal on sugar and palm oil, and then cocoa and hazelnut, it probably you ain't it's only 10% of it. So you ain't using a whole lot. Yeah. That's only 10% of your ingredients is the chocolate and the hazelnut. The really the real ingredients is the sugar and palm oil. So long as you can get that, and that's cheap, you, yeah, your we, prices ain't gonna skyrocket to make it. We need to get us like one of them peanut butter machines from like um, you know the big box store, and just make like straight chocolate and hazelnuts. Like that's it. Like simply hazelnut. And yeah, like the like real the real joint. Like half, this yeah. is half chocolate. Well, I ain't gonna say half. It's like it would be like forty percent chocolate, forty percent hazelnut. And then 20% other stuff. You got to put a little bit of, I guess, milk in there and some oil to kind of blend it all together. Yeah. But that would, yeah, I think that would be a hit. And, and charge three times as much. $500 a jar. 500 <laughs> That's what I said. And I meant it. I though. think it'll be worth it. Exactly. Now, sometimes people get high and they just like take the uh, spoons of Nutella and just eat it without the bread. Like, you know how people eat spoons of peanut butter? Um, yeah. The NBA has announced for this season that they will not randomly test players for marijuana for the 2021-22 season. However, they will still drug test for performance-enhancing substances, uh, human growth hormone, cocaine, methamphetamine, and opiates. But they will not test for weed for NBA players. Um, you know what? I, look, I think this came from, what's the sister who was uh, running in the Olympics? And she tested positive for like we I can't remember Car the sister's Carrie, name. Sha Shakari Richardson. Yes, yes. I think this is a direct result of what happened there, and then the outcry that people had. 
right? They were saying like, you ban her from participating in the Olympics for weed when it is being legalized in multiple states, right? And I think the NBA is just heading this off, right? They're saying like, look, weed has become legalized in, in different states and it's hard to, to, to kind of, we're, we're not gonna be able to keep this on the list of banned substances and it's gonna create a, a PR nightmare, right? So I think this is a direct result of what happened to her and, and you know, the sports leagues are adjusting to this and anticipating. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it might actually help, you know, the level of play in the NBA this season. You know, some guys, as, as far as <laughs> I'm saying, like for pain management and stuff, if you go in, you know, three games and four and five nights or, you know, what have you, um, rather than uh, get hooked on pills and whatnot and be groggy. Eh, they smoke a little bit of weed and have something to eat, and then they, you know, get ready for the game. And it might uh, help them out, man. So you know, it might. Yeah, and you know, the, the other thing that's happening too, and you know, even Shakara Richardson kind of talked about this, right? Is like a lot of times it's around like anxiety and yeah. dealing with you know all the mental stuff, especially during a pandemic and what's happening too, right? Like they like folks are under a lot of stress that they haven't been traditionally under right even yeah. they've, they've had stress but this is added stress so you know folks might be using marijuana to kind of cope mentally as well as with the physical pain and, and and all that other you know medicinal purposes it has like mentally too and that's that's something that's new yeah yeah that's true so yeah so we'll see how this works out if uh you guys won't be getting busted uh for weed so they should uh, be on high alert to not uh try and uh, fool the test with this other stuff, man. But uh, yeah, man, not testing for weed in the NBA this season. And we'll see if uh, other leagues follow suit and uh, they. But you, you know, they're going to be high. smoking. Oh my God. They're going to be yeah. smoking. Up. People they're going to be smoking up. They, you, you might see somebody coming up. On, <laughs> Cause uh, think about it in the States that legalize it, or you have those teams like, they probably don't have smoking in the arena, but technically you can walk up to the court like smoking on a <laughs> I'm about to play this game. Right. Mm -hmm. And the only rule you breaking is like no smoking indoors. But other than that, it's legal. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That's crazy. Bro, California. Governor Cav uh Governor Gavin Newsom, he just uh, survived that recall. California has a yep. new law that will force retailers to have a gender neutral toy section. What exactly does that mean? Okay, you said a gender neutral toy section? Right. So, and, and wait, wait. So toy, I, okay, I got to, I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about my son and, and daughter. And, and I'm trying to think about this. Is there, so are they, toys yeah. segregated by by gender? I I know like what people think about toys, right? Like oh, yeah. like you know, dolls are for girls and like trucks are for boys, which is crazy, right? It's just crazy to think about that. But even in the store, like I can see they have like the doll section and then the car section, but I never thought about it as being gender separated, right? Yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's more an idea that that we had that we layered on top of it. But yeah. I guess do they have gender toy sections. I, I never thought about that in the store. 
I mean, I think they already have a gender-neutral toy section. It's called the Lego section. Boys could build with Legos. Girls could build with Legos. I understand they have dolls on one section, but there's boy and girl dolls in that section. They also have, like, the, the remember Power Wheels? They got, like, the Jeepy ones that, like, appear yeah. boyish. But they got the pink and purple ones, too. And you can choose, like, whatever you want on that. So I'm not sure, yeah. like, where the gender-neutral toy section is going to be at, man. Plus... They ain't got enough shelf space as it is. Now they got to rearrange a whole, you know, different section. And then, you know, is the section going to be small? Is it going to be like a whole aisle, half an aisle? Is it going to be an end cap? Like, how's that going to work out, man? Yeah, like, I and I don't know if it's really on the store. Are the stores kind of really carrying forth this, this gender bias in the stores? Or is it the actual toy makers, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know... Maybe it's toy makers who are like doing commercials and kind of targeting different audiences and the way they design stuff and thinking about it. But like when it shows up in the store, I just I I could be ignorant on this one, but I didn't I didn't think they had gender toy sections other than what we what biases we brought to it. Right. Like I'm only going to go to the doll section if I got a girl and not a boy. But that's something that we bring to it. But maybe the stores have been kind of supporting like gender bias and they, they're trying to figure out how to get it at the store level. But this this one is like I'm trying to think about it in my own personal experience. I got to think about this one some more. You know what it's going to be? First of all, these kids is not going to get these toys. So, look, I'm sorry. I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings like they need 80,000 truckers to get these uh, what's in the boxes and the shipping containers. If they can get those, to, you know, the ports and then go ahead and truck them out. We down. 80,000 truck drivers since the pandemic. So good luck getting that there. You know what they need to do? They need to just go ahead and open pop-up stores at the ports. Let the people come in, boom, price it, scan it, and then go ahead <laughs> and like, them. like Like you walk into the actual containers. <laughs> Yeah, like, get right so like go in these right containers, up. see what you can find. <laughs> Look, you open you open the box, right? Like you open the container box and you see, okay, this say dollars. You take one out and then you up there and then boom like had a store right there i bet you people come and buy it uh, yeah they definitely would and you know i was i was thinking about this thing it's like like gender neutral toys like i'm thinking about like crayons and markers right like they that's that's a toy or like a sketch pad i i, I call that toy maybe that's art supplies and not toys but yeah. it's like that's gender neutral and like you know if you like art you like drawing it's like you know so yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's it's that's this is new, but like I I do like this idea of going to the port to get your toys. They do where you just bypass the the toy store and you ain't got to worry about it. I'm just going to get it off the shipping container. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, I like to introduce uh, to all you toy retailers out there a new service that we're offering beginning right about now. Uh, it will be called the Digital Gumbo Podcast Toy Consultancy. The uh, Digital yes. Gumbo Podcast, the <laughs> DGPTC, right? So say that you got to comply in California with this law on these uh, gender neutral toys. You just send me some scans or some pictures of some shit you already got at the store. And I'll be like, this, 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 and this, 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 and this. Put it on an end cap, make you a sign that say gender neutral section, and you have complied with the law. Uh, we can negotiate price 
but um, yeah, it's going to be at least four or five numbers before the decimal point, but uh, I'm available. You guys can get in contact with us. We're on Instagram uh, at the digital gumbo on Twitter at the digital gumbo. Just look us up, Google us. You can find us and um, you know, just let us know. We also have email the digital gumbo at gmail.com, the digital gumbo at gmail.com. Put the word toys uh, in the subject line and we'll get back to you with a price on how we can make your store compliant to this uh, new California law. I'm down with that note. <laughs> there it is. There it is. All right, bro. I need you to get your thinking cap on. This is your people. And, and this is very, very strange. Okay. So there was a man in South Carolina. He was a lawyer. That's my home state. Yes. Yes. He was a lawyer. He had a housekeeper. And the housekeeper had an accident uh, on the property when she was working and she died. Okay. So that's horrible news. Yeah. Very sad news. So he was a lawyer and um, he was uh, ordered, you know, he was uh, going to be in a settlement offer with the deceased housekeeper's sons. Okay. So, um, one amount was offered and it went ahead and it went through another lawyer who took the settlement case was supposed to work out the paperwork, et cetera. It gets worse. So what happened was to my understanding, one number was offered. Then it was an undercut number that was given or uh, maybe offered to the sons. They say they never saw a penny of the money. And it was found out that the lawyer who owned the house, referred the case to his college roommate, who was also a lawyer, and the money went into the first lawyer's account. The sons of the deceased housekeeper never saw a penny. He's in jail for fraud. And he should be, because that, that sounded exactly like what happened was they negotiated some settlement, the lawyers did with whatever the state was, they got that settlement, and then never passed it on to like, you know, the victims who, who, who needed it. That's exactly what that happened. That's just malfeasance. That's just fraud straight up and down. And, that um, is, and you that's know, shiesty. That's shiesty it is. And you know, even, even, you know, the lawyers that I already get a cut, I don't know what percentage of it it is or, or like how much of it. Right. But they always get the cut out the settlement, right. They're, they're fighting for the settlement to get a piece of the settlement. And so they got the numbers and whatever the piece is, they decided to take all of it or a large majority of it and not pass it on to the people who really need it. So that, yeah, that's just up, up and down fraud. That's like a double victimization, right? Like the housekeeper passed away. Yeah. The money's supposed to go uh, to the sons and surviving sons. They undercut them once. And then the money never got to them and went back into the original lawyer's account. And he uh, had his roommate, who was also a lawyer, undercut and misrepresent, you know, the facts and the whole nine yards, man. That's that's bad news. That's yeah. Bad and, news. and even undercutting them, right? Like, you know, they could have negotiated whatever amount. Like, they say they negotiated like $100,000, right? Yeah. And they could have been lying and said, well, they was only they only going to give us 50 Right. And you, you know, and I'm, I'm going to take my mind off the top. So you'll get like 20. I'll keep 30. 
but really you got a whole like hundred thousand, right? So like that's that's shicy all the way around. Yeah, man. Bad news, bad news, bro. All right, listen, it's getting colder out here, man. Look, I just want to let you know, anything under 70 degrees uh, at this point for me is a uh, cold weather. Like, uh, I had to turn the heat on in my car this week. <laughs> Wasn't real yeah, happy we, about we, this. Yeah, we, we turned the heat on, too, because we was trying to go in our little period where you don't turn on any cold, any, any AC or any heat. Yeah. But it got cold in the house. And we was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I don't know if we could. We was putting on sweaters and blankets. We was like, we, got, we may have to cut this heat on. Mm-hmm. It's bad news, man. But uh, yeah, so um, you know, people still wear these UGG boots, man. These UGGs. They oh, say that Go it's ahead. UGGs. Yeah, they saying that it's UGG season, man. Man, what is uh, your point, man? Or what do you think about these people that wear UGGs? Babies, women, men. Tom Brady wears UGGs. Um, I think my Look. feet are too big for UGGs. But what do you think about UGGs? <laughs> Look, my daughter just got a pair of UGGs for her birthday present. Yeah. And she loves Uggs. It's just like, it's something about them. I, I guess they, I've never had a, a pair of them. I guess they keep your feet cozy, but then they're like, they're like boots, but like, I don't, I guess they're, they're fashionable boots, but they're comfortable and they're easy to like put on and like slide on. And I, I think they just like, people think they're cool. Like I've never had a pair of them, but she really likes them. This is like her second or third pair of, of Uggs that yeah. she's got. Yeah. It's like, uh, I'm not sure, man, if they're like uh, the house shoes or boots, but I don't like when people Uggs get You know, dirty. that's a good thing. I think they are the house shoes or boots. It's kind of almost like they slippers that you can wear in the house, but they boots and people look at them. And it's like, oh yeah, you, you're really sensible because you got on, you got on boots. And they yeah. look comfortable, but they more like slippers that are like really tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, man, I, you know, I mean, I guess uh, to each uh, his or her own, right? But, um, you know, I don't like when the Uggs get dirty, like when it be like snow banks and stuff, and then they got that salt stain on them, and they just look real raggedy and stuff, and they start to roll yeah, up on one they, side. Yeah, they do look rough, yep. they Because yeah. it's almost like they ain't made for outdoors, Nook. They they just really they are like house slippers that's like really tall, yeah, <laughs> and when you yeah. take them out in the snow, they get jacked up. Yeah, are man. you really like wearing like unless you just kind of wearing them, you know, somewhere to go inside? But if you really outside, like you trying to treat them like real boots, yeah, they just start to look jacked up. Yeah, yeah. So that's crazy, man. So yeah, they say it's UGG season, man. So. Man, I just wear sneakers 365 days a year, man. It really don't make no damn difference to me, man. So we'll uh, see how this goes uh, for Ugg season, man. And I don't know. Them boots also stink, man. Like um, <laughs> some people don't wear socks. Yeah. <laughs> some some people don't wear socks with them damn boots, man. And that is not a good deal. Um, Yeah, don't be around people yeah. with funky feet. Yeah, Uggs, Uggs, t- they, your feet tend to sweat because it is like it is a whole lot of fur and stuff going on inside Uggs. Ugh, that's disgusting. Just plain disgusting. Bro, I have a musical prodigy in my family. Not only is she a musical prodigy, she is also a recording artist. She is a vocalist and a what? percussionist. Yes, what? yes. My niece, my two-year-old niece, Ayan, is a recording artist. She is on <laughs> an album called Joy by an artist 
Artella Green and the what? Bandanas. That's the name of her band. Artella wow. Green. She, and she made the album. She made the and album. How old is she look? She's two. Two. Wow. Artella Green and the Bandanas. So the name of the track is Ayan's Interlude. Ayan's Interlude. The group is Artella Green and the Bandanas. And um, it's available uh, on, the name of the album is Joy. And it's available on YouTube, man. If you do a uh, Google search for Ayan's Interlude or the album Joy by Artella Green and the Bandanas, my niece's uh, track will come up. And, um, you know, man, it, it was wonderful. So uh, great news that the album is out. Shout out to our Telegram and Bandanas. But yes, man, my two-year-old. I'm, I'm looking it up now, so I, yeah. I don't miss it. Percussionist and vocalist, man. So she's uh, she's on the album, man. So she can check that uh, check that box off for really, really early in life. Hey, when she start talking, though, you need to just put it on the digital gumbo. Man, she's talking, <laughs> man. The next time, uh, you know, we go out to visit or they come and visit, man, I'm going to have to get a special uh, recording with her, man. It's like uh, sometimes you can have more interesting conversations with a two-year-old than about 99% of the adults that you come across on a daily basis. But that's, that's true. That's just my um, individual take on that. But yeah, man, one more time. Ion's interlude. A-Y-A-A-N apostrophe S interlude on the album Joy, J-O-Y by Artella Green and the Bandanas. You can uh, get that album and uh, stream it on Spotify as well. They have the entire album uh, as a whole or individual tracks uh, on YouTube. But yeah, Artella Green and the Bandanas want to give a shout out to the band and uh, thank them for including my niece uh, on the album. It's a wonderful, wonderful track. Man, uh, I need you to direct me. And I think when I do this scene, you'll know what it is. And then it'll lead into the next story. Can you, can you give me? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, Thank you. Okay. You want to get it? Okay. You ready? Yeah. I'm going I'm to I'm set you up. Okay. Ready. Okay. <laughs> here we go. Get okay. your composers up. You're ready? Okay. All right. Yep. Here we go. All right. Lights. Camera. Action. The Merchant Tribe will not challenge today. The River Tribe will not challenge today. The border tribe will not challenge today. The mining tribe will not challenge today. And cut. That's my impression, man. That's my impression. That was, that was pretty good. I'm, I'm going to go with like, okay, it was kind of like the, the Black Panther, but I'm not sure if the words was quite... Yeah, I don't know if I did yeah. my, my sections correct. I know the merchant tribe was first. I did. The, I know the merchant tribe was first. Man, I uh, want to give uh, flowers and say rest in peace to 95-year-old Dorothy Steele from Detroit, Michigan. She played the elder who no, was No, the yeah, woman? She, yeah, she was in charge oh, of the merchant tribe, man. Yeah. Yeah, she passed she away. She passed away? Yeah, yeah no. recently. Oh, my. Yeah. Man. So she I, can, I can see her so vividly right now. I'm gonna have yeah. to go back and look at the clip. Yeah, she has an excellent story, bro. So at 88, she had never acted in anything. And she was talking with family members and they. she was like, I wanna be an actress. And they encouraged her to go after it. Her first role was in Black Panther as the elder of the what? merchant tribe, yes. And, wow! Um, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's an amazing story. Absolutely, just goes to show you, man. It's never too late, and uh, never too late. First, that was her first role at eighty-eight, 
and uh, she passed away at the, the uh, ripe old age of 95, and I uh, want to say uh, rest in uh, peace to her, rest in honor, and that's uh, amazing, man. So, you know, she can uh, start her acting career at 88, 88, bro, then uh, that's uh, inspiration for all. So we want to say no excuses for Absolutely. nobody. Absolutely, man. So yeah, that's that's big time. So yeah, I went back and watched the clip and the whole nine yards, and I see some things differently now. Like you can see the sound stage and and those types of things. But uh, obviously, Black Panther. You know how we showed up and showed out for the premiere, man. But that was a uh, that was a great, great movie, great, great scene. And uh, yep. rest in peace to Dorothy Steele. Uh, Detroit, uh, Michigan's, uh, and she had the coolest name too. Was that her stage name or real name? Dorothy. That's Steel. a real name. Yeah, Dorothy. That's, Steel. Yeah, that's a cool name, Dorothy yeah, Steele. Yeah. yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up, man. Tell me one story I may have forgotten about or didn't talk about so far this week. All right, let me see one story that um, stood out to me. Okay, I'm gonna go with a local story, and you might not heard about this because this is um, Baltimore. Like, okay. you know, BMO. Yeah. Um, actually, okay, so our state's attorney general for Baltimore City, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sister, um, she actually said, look, we're not going to prosecute these low-level, um, you know, drug charges, right? Yeah. And one, because they were disproportionately affecting Black people, right? And then two... It's a, you know, addiction is a public health crisis, right? And so she was taking a lot of heat from the community. It's like, why are you not like, you know, prosecuting like, you know, people who are buying drugs and and all this and and whatnot. So John Hopkins, which is located here in in, in, uh, Baltimore, actually did a research based on her policy and found that, um, you know, based on those like cases that got dismissed when she yeah. put the policy in, yeah. they didn't have a lot of reoffenders, right? And it didn't actually increase, like you know, um, um, the the instances of people buying drugs. So it's almost like just realizing that this is a public health crisis, and maybe the criminal justice system isn't the best way to deal with it. So it was like a win, I think, not only for the state's attorney where she kind of had this policy and she's kind of shown and proven that, you know, it's it's effective and, and the way to go is public health. But I think it's also kind of, you know, pointing to like to cities of like how you're going to have to start thinking about, um, you know, active addiction as a public health crisis and how the criminal justice system needs to respond to it. Yeah. So that was that was a local story, but I think it has national implications. For. Yeah, 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 absolutely, man. Just um, you know, marijuana reform laws, and you know, um, you know, they just need to go ahead and make it uh, nationwide. You're gonna have uh, obviously uh, some certain, you know, states, uh, particularly uh, in the South, that are gonna be a little bit uh, reluctant to do that because they've been criminalizing and demonizing marijuana for for so so long, bro. But I mean, it's the new cash crop. Uh, I, you know. The um, right or wrong thing out of it, it's, uh, you know, every, uh, hey, a lot of people are smoking and a lot of industry can be had off it, taxable income, as opposed to what's happening now where it's illegal and, um, you know, uh, the government's not getting their uh, piece of the pie. So they'll 
come around in these states where they maybe have uh, unfair marijuana laws, man. But you're right, man. As far as this decriminalization going forward, and it's just important for us as uh, you know entrepreneurs to be able to get these rights and these licenses to sell and operate uh, these marijuana dispensaries, medical marijuana dispensaries, have the right to possess uh, a smaller amounts of marijuana and to uh, you know get these records expunged but also uh, to decriminalize marijuana, man. So that's a, that's a good, good story. Good, good story, man. So, um, I, Hey, let's close it out, man. One shout out, one final thought, uh, flowers or, um, one prediction. You can give me any one, one of yeah, those four. Yeah. You, you know, I'm definitely going to give, you know, a kind of, um, kind of flowers like you know to Colin Powell right like we we started at the top of the hour talking about like his kind of impact and like I said I don't agree always with his policies but I always thought he was um just a stand-up person man like his character what he's accomplished so just kind of recognizing that um as well going for you know so it's just want to make sure I like, you know, just recognize that, you know, even though you don't have to always agree with the person, right? Like you kind of recognize, you know, excellence when you see it and like commitment and character when you see it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So again, uh, rest in peace uh, to Colin Powell. We uh, talked about that at the top of the show, man. And uh, wow, man, um, was uh, very unexpected. And uh, again, our hearts uh, go out to, to him and his family. Now I have a prediction, and hopefully this prediction. Oh, what's your prediction, Nook? Will come true. I am predicting that me, you, and T right. Petty will all be on the same damn podcast <laughs> the next time we get together. One week she's yes. here, then you're here, then she's there, then you're Look, there. Nook, I, I told T Petty the next time she go on a road trip. We going with her. We doing digital gumbo on the, on the road, but I, I'm going to ask for um, my per diem in advance. <laughs> Absolutely. As we got to get your per diem. That's right. Get your per diem in advance. I mean, just for drinking alone, you got to, somebody got to pay for these hurricanes, the kind you drink, not the kind that come from <laughs> exactly you know, the meteorological <laughs> atmospherical type of uh, thing, man. But yeah, man. So uh, hopefully I think the next time we'll get together, be the nearest uh, uh, podcast to Halloween. So maybe we'll do a Halloween, AKA Satan's Christmas uh, podcast. We can talk about uh, like your favorite costumes. You know, that's what it is. And, and um, Halloween is going to be on a Sunday. So like I said, these people are going to be drinking it up Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday yeah, night, the and whole Sunday night. weekend. Yep. And you know Extended who you weekend. are. And you know who you are with your drunk ass. Don't get in them Ubers throwing up and get them two hundred fifty dollar cleanup fees. You know who hey, you no, are. I think I think I think Halloween. It is like one of the biggest night for surges on Uber and Lyft for that price. Mm -hmm. I, if I could be mistaken, but I know like on Halloween they be getting people with the surge prices. I will be charging like an extra thirty one dollars just for just for GP and. You know, it probably ain't a lot. You know, people just be like, they don't want to deal with it. The Uber and Lyft drivers, they probably be like, man, I'm not working tonight. And then that makes the prices go up. So thanks to yeah, all you drunk ass true. people who cannot control <laughs> your liquor and your bodily functions. Making the prices surge. Making the prices surge. So you already know. So you might want to just celebrate um, Halloween uh, either that Wednesday 
or do like I do on November 1st, go to the consumer value store and get the half price candy. Hide it in the feminine yeah. hygiene section. Or, you know, that's like your, in that's the, your move right there. Look. Right. Hide it in the uh, incontinence section and then go back. Like, oh, this is 50 percent off. It's like, boom, um, uh, happy Halloween. And by the way, I'm just going to put the public service announcement out there. Uh, these kids not getting no candy from me. I'm turning all the lights off that day. So sorry, kids. That's just Yeah, I, I think, yeah, Halloween is going to be a tough Halloween. I think we talked about this before. Uh, it ain't going to be like it, it's been being. So, yeah, it's going to be different. Exactly, exactly. Well, man, we're going to draw to a close, man. Before I go, I want to give a shout out to our friends at BNC Go. I had a live uh, uh, TV opportunity with them. Uh, talked uh, with a couple of their anchors uh, as far as uh, athlete activism is concerned. They shouted me out uh, on Twitter and uh, very, very grateful for them to that uh, Amazing, amazing program, amazing network. And, and, and your clip was awesome, Nook. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. BNC Go. If you don't have BNC, uh, where you get your television, get in contact with your cable, your satellite, or your streaming provider and tell them that you want BNC Go today. Want to give a shout out to producers J.D. Curse and also Ebony McMorris uh, for getting in contact with me and uh, hooking me up with the interview opportunity and I hope to be on uh, BNC Go uh, a lot more in the future. Excellent, excellent uh, news source. When I don't want to hear the major news networks that go to BNC Go and stories that's relevant uh, to us and our community, uh, you know, 24-7 on BNC Go. So definitely, definitely appreciative to them. Bro, man, this one went quick. But uh, like I said, T. Petty, hopefully be back together. Uh, we'll all be together next time, reunited, and it feels so good. Crossing my fingers on that. Listen, our library episodes is available on Apple Podcasts and any platform where you get podcasts. Stitcher, Deezer, Apple Podcasts, Google, uh, Spotify. I mean, literally anything. Amazon Music. Download, subscribe, rate, and review today. And I see you out there. I see you. When we drop a podcast episode, man, we get into the top 100 for Apple Improv uh, category for podcasts immediately. So we thank you for this. We are nothing without you and we appreciate y'all listening. So continue to download, subscribe, rate and review today, share and tell a friend the Digital Gumbo Podcast. Bro, you good? I'm good. And Nook, could you give us a little bit of more of like episode six, 66, the little song that you did at the, at the top of the hour to close us out? Yeah, can you like uh, introduce me like uh, from your favorite city? I'm gonna pull up these lyrics one more time and do uh, my, uh, I, I, I won't say Nat King Cole, but maybe it'd be Fat King Cole, be uh, my, my stage day. <laughs> I, I, I got you, bro. Okay. Here we go. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, introducing the smooth, soulful sounds of Nookie Bishop Jr. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. If you ever plan to go out west, travel my way, take the highway, that's the best. Get your kicks on Route 66. Yeah, fucking cold, everybody. Good night, Houston. See ya. Peace. Peace.